1: our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse.
2: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm Husband. And I'm Wife.
0: Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time.
1: Husband, wife, are you ready for a
0: sacrilegious
1: book club?
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: Let's do it then. Okay. We are in. Uh, we're doing Asimov's Guide to the Bible. We're still in the Old Testament, right? The Book of Numbers, okay. And the section we're covering today is pages one seventy-four through one eighty-four. All right. Okay. Let's uh,
0: let's get into it. Let's do it. Hey, wife.
1: Yes, husband.
0: Did you know that we are now on Patreon?
1: Um, yes, because you told me, but also, no, tell me more.
0: (laughs) So we're on Patreon now. Are we? We are. And our supporters can go there and support us. And we have multiple levels all the way up to You Killed God.
1: That sounds really drastic and escalated quickly-ish.
0: Well, no, there's multiple levels before there. So it escalates on a sliding scale of, you know, cheap to, to not cheap.
1: Oh. But, you know,
0: we can definitely use any amount. So, like, any support is always appreciated.
1: So what exactly is Patreon?
0: It's a place where you can show your support for our podcast. and Just
1: our podcast?
0: Any podcast or any <laughs> performer.
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Okay, so we are going to start on page 174.
0: 174.
1: With the serpent of brass. Ah. Yeah, remember I told you we were going to talk about that? Yep. And... Um, I said, hold that in your little head,
0: right? And yeah, like, I okay. loved this thing when it happened because yeah. I was like, they what? They yeah. built a serpent of brass and then unpoisoned and unkilled people, yeah, or whatever, yeah. unpoisoned them, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that actually happened in Numbers chapter twenty-one, verse nine. A plague of serpents harassed the Israelites, so that Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole and if a man bitten by a serpent saw the brass serpent then that man lived right Yay. it's crazy so asimov points out that this is called sympathetic magic where like affects like and it, it he he compared it to like voodoo you Got know it. like sticking a pin and then a will right. impact the person represented by that avatar of sure them. sure so um this is what he specifically says, okay? Yeah. The use of the serpent, as described in this verse, is rather similar to the principles of homeopathic medicine, which follows the, quote, hair of the dog that bit you sort of reasoning. Okay. You know, like, you you drink alcohol, and then the next morning you drink more alcohol, yeah you yeah, eat the yeah. hangover. Right. That's what he's saying. Okay. So, you know, the snake... Represented more snake, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You scared a snake, more snake. Okay, okay, yep. So then he says uh, later the serpent is a particularly important animal in religious ritual. No, whether whether for good or evil, the fact that a serpent moves in so quiet and hidden a fashion and strikes so suddenly and so unexpectedly with so poisoned a fang makes it an obvious representation of cunning and evil right he also says something that is dangerous and evil is to be feared and something that is feared had be had better be treated well and propitiated so that serpents could be worshipped even while dreaded
0: i never thought i'd say this about a snake but Mm -hmm. our dwight our snake that we have
1: Mm -hmm. our corn snake he's kind of cute He's, he's cute. so cute, right? He's,
0: he's kind of cute, yeah. Like,
1: when you see those little memes of little snakes with little hats on their heads. Right?
0: He's totally one of those snakes.
1: That's, that's our guy. Right? Our guy, Dwight. And
0: he's got such a personality. He
1: does. And, okay, snakes aren't supposed to, like, respond to you, um, like, if you call their name. Bullshit. But this snake, like, literally when I walk in the room... If I'm not saying anything, he he might pick his head out. He might not. But if I call him Dwight, he comes, he out. comes. Yeah. He comes out of his he's little like, hide. He's what you need?
0: What you need? What's up, yeah. what? like, man?
1: what, mom? And it's not to eat me either because I've got him no, out and yeah. I have held him and I, I let him like crawl around on me and stuff. And he does not try to bite me because corn snakes don't do that sort of thing. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's nice, a good boy. He's a good boy. B-O-I boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice boy. Right. Yeah. He's not a nope rope.
0: No, he's not a nope rope.
1: He's an adorbs. That's what he is. Yes. I love him so much. I want to kiss him, but let's not go yeah, that not far. Right. Like I want to be able to kiss him. But also, I when can't. they poop,
0: they kind of stink really bad. Yeah, like it's yeah. disgusting.
1: But like he's only done that outside of like his um, terrarium a couple times. It was mostly early mostly on, when he out of was, fear. Yeah,
0: when he was, yeah. you know, and there was too many people around, maybe or something. Mm-hmm, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our kid was like, let everybody in the world hold them, and right. then their friends were like, I would love to hold them, and like, one of them dropped them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
0: That was the last time that happened. Yeah,
1: I was like, nope, and then another one was holding them, and um, the snake was like crawling all over her hair, and they couldn't understand why I was like you know what, guys, let's not do that. And they were like, why? Because he might fall again. And he's a little snake.
0: Right. Not so little anymore.
1: No, he's bigger now. Right. Okay. I don't know why we're talking so much about... Because we were talking about snakes. Because he's adorable. He is adorable. And his name is Dwight. Because our child is awesome. Because
0: of the office. Well,
1: duh. Right. Because our child is awesome. (laughs) I thought that was just like, that goes without saying. Right. Okay. So... A serpent shedding skin represents immortality, mm. okay? Okay. So, a serpent steals immortality from Gilgamesh and becomes immortal in an old Babylonian tale, which yeah, we talked right. about at the time, I believe. I think so. Like, in a Q&A, maybe, or right, something, right, I right. mentioned that yeah. that tale is kind of like, hmm, what? Right. And a serpent steals immortality from Adam and Eve, too, but... In the Gilgamesh tale, the snake becomes immortal because he mm. eats the um, concoction himself. I see. Whereas in the Adam and Eve tale, he steals the immortality but is punished. Got so it. roam the earth on his belly forever. Right. And I'm like, what was he roaming the earth on before? And, <laughs> and I do remember we had this whole talk about snakes versus serpents versus lizards versus legless lizards, which are separate from... Uh, whatever and I
0: distinctly remember um, the the mom snake was pissed off because she lost her legs all of a sudden yes. like, god damn it what did you do
1: what did you do yeah <laughs> exactly so the immortal serpent Victor over death can thus be considered the particular associate of the medical profession which labors to stave off if not completely conquer death mm. that's that's the relation I remember we couldn't quite like get like, but why? It doesn't make sense. Right. And it's because when the snake sheds its skin, um, it it's a sign of its immortality. So they thought. Right. And
0: right. And
1: being reborn, and so it conquered death. And that's what the medical profession does is at least stave off death. They
0: also believed in God. So I mean, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> right. 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 True. But I'm I'm just saying like that's what that leap was. Right. Right. Okay. So. As Mob goes on, later on, as Yahvism, meaning the people who followed Yahweh, yeah. grew stronger and more uncompromising, the serpent of brass worshipped by the people came under sharper and sharper disapproval. The fact of the association with Moses did not save it. Remember, we just read right, that this week. Right. The end of it came in the reign of Hezekiah, oh, king of Judah.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, do you remember 2nd yeah, no, Kings yeah. chapter 18 verse 4 goes when Hezekiah destroyed the serpent he countered the shot Okay, I'm sorry. Um this is not a reading of that verse. This is a quote of um Asimov referring to that. Okay. Okay, when Hezekiah destroyed the serpent that that brass serpent, right. he countered the shock of the populace by contemptuously labeling the object as of no ritual value at all, but as nothing more than a piece of brass. Huh. So like, cause I don't know if you remember the verse, but he was like, this is just brass, whatever. Right. And so that's why he did that, because he was legit trying to say, no, we're not doing things this old pagan way no more.
0: Right. Well, and so. the fact that they, you know, I mean, like, it's very idolish, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the, the fact that they had it out, like, right after Moses got the Ten Commandments about no idols and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember there were certain things, as we were reading through the Moseses bit, mm-hmm. where they had some idols and were like, yeah. wait, they just said, don't do that, and now yeah. they're doing that, yeah. so... And then they did it all the time, but, you know, whatever. Well,
1: we're going to get into that a little bit here. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you more about that, okay? Which, I I found some of this just, like, extremely fascinating. Yeah. As I do. Okay? But that's that section, okay? The Brass Serpent, okay? Now we're reading about Sihon on page 176. Okay. Okay, and... This is getting into Numbers chapter 2, verse 26. And I, the reason that I say these is just so that you know kind of like where Asimov is in the Bible as he's talking about this sure. And then you can go back okay. and
0: listen to our, you know, yeah. version of it back then. Yeah, if you <laughs> did not get
1: a chance, we often refer to things that we've already read. Because yeah. um, our reading of the Bible is much further ahead. We are in 2 Kings now. And Asimov is only in the book of Numbers. Right. So. Which
0: we may have to slow down at some point because we're yeah. going to catch up too far.
1: Yeah. Like the next book after this, um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, um, What comes, Deuteronomy. Right. right. Is what's next uh, after Numbers?
0: Sounds right to okay. me.
1: Well, whatever book we're reading after this or whatever book Asimov is covering after this, yeah. I looked ahead and it's only 14 pages long, and so rather than splitting it up into two sections of seven pages each, I'm just going to do the whole thing Got it. in one sitting. So yeah, we're going to catch up quick Right. to where we are. In
0: which case we might pause it for a we bit. We
1: will definitely pause it for a bit. Okay, so anyway, Sihon was the king of the Amorites, okay, and he took the land of the Moabites. He was like, fuck y'all, I'm at war with you, give me that.
0: Right, okay. right.
1: Now, hold that in your head, because I'm going to come back to that in just a little bit. Okay. Okay? So, Asimov says, his attack against the Moabites may have represented the last successful action of the Canaanites against the remorseless pressure of the various Hebrew tribes. Hmm. Before Sihon's onslaught, Moab controlled the territory up to the Jabbok River.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Damn. So... It's a big deal. Right. So he just uh, slapped the Moabites upside the head. And Got was it. like, this is mine now. Thank you. Right. Okay? Yep. So that's that section. Next section is Chemosh, page
0: 178.
1: Okay. And he's referring to Numbers, chapter 22, verse 29, um, which reads, Woe to thee, Moab, thou art undone, O people of Chemosh. Okay? Okay. Chemosh was the national god of Moab. Ah. Okay? Okay. Now, this is where I'm getting into that God and idol stuff. Okay. This was so cool. I'm pretty much quoting from Asimov extensively here. Okay. Okay. Because he just said it so straight, I, I couldn't do it justice by summarizing it. Right, right. Okay? So, this is Asimov's words here. Only a few thinkers in those primitive times recognized a universal God, which we've talked about before. They Mm -hmm. were polytheistic, not monotheistic. Right. Generally, the feeling was that each bit of land had its own God.
0: And I kind of gathered that Mm -hmm. at times, you know, like it was, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about how like, and then they'd enter a new bubble. Right. And they would have to clear it with that local God. Right. Right. And okay so each bit of land had its own god and that over its own bit of land each god had godlike power. It was even felt that the god was tied to the land. That if one traveled elsewhere it became necessary to worship the god of that land unless one carried his own god.
0: That that makes sense. Yes. I mean it makes sense in so far as like it it explains some of the things that we've read in the bible it, it it helps clarify the the mm-hmm. feeling that people had
1: you yes know? yes so um it helps explain some things that we had questions about for example when um rachel left her father laban she stole his idols and took with her and so when laban came after rachel and um what was his name jacob i think i don't remember
0: yeah that sounds right
1: um when he came after them He was less pissed about his daughter being gone than he was about his idol. I don't know if you remember. He was like, give me my fucking idols. (laughs) Well, the reason that she had taken them was not to, like, punch him in the nuts. It was because she was going into a new land. Right. She was taking her god with her into a new land. And he was like, "Uh, but I need them, though. These belong here. Right. For this land.
0: Right, right. So,
1: we were talking... um, a couple nights ago uh, um in our reading about whether the people worship the idols or yeah, not right they kind of did but they worshiped the god of the land via the idols right so i i would hesitate to say that they worship the idols but i would also hesitate to say that they didn't but i think that it's not as black and white as Christians or even anti theists would have you believe.
0: Right. You know well, what I and mean? and I would go maybe a step further. I, I feel like a lot of the worshiping is even in the same land, but for different reasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like different gods definitely. have better strengths than this. And in, in this area of well, things, there's versus fertility,
1: that. versus um, prosperity, versus right. um, strength, versus. I don't know, just all different kinds of things. So, you know, the weather. Right. So, yeah, definitely. They had different gods. Each land had its own, not just god, but set of gods.
0: Right. Somebody somebody later down the road decided that this was all going to be one god.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get there in just a second. Right. But he goes on to say, The manner in which the Israelites carried the Ark of the Covenant with them during their travels in the wilderness had a little of the flavor of carrying their god with them right otherwise one suspects they might have felt it necessary always to travel back to sinai to commune with him right and they didn't they right, communed right. with their god via the ark and the temples that they built later so it was, that it was convenient god
0: gave them a, a portable god yeah you know, he was like Bu- build the ark but and that's then, what, then take that's me what with all
1: you. the idols were
0: Right, but none of the other... I mean, m- m- yes, so there was idols, but, like, none of them built an ark to store them
1: in. Right. Those were know. personal idols one-on-one. Right. This was the probably one of the first social mobile idols. Right, right. That was like, okay, this whole group can carry this idol for the group around with them. Right. Like, in a bus.
0: Like, oh, my God, it has carrying pools. Yeah. It's... It's coming towards us now.
1: Well, like I didn't actually think it was that big a deal, but, but in the carrying context, poles are
0: kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's like, kind
1: of a big deal. They like were it literally their- was
0: built to be a mobile god.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay, so he goes on to de- to say, in the religious thought of that day, there was no necessary feeling of antagonism. Toward the gods of other tribes, provided no actual war was going on and the enemy was not calling upon his God for help in your destruction. Right. As you might be calling on your God for help in their destruction. Right? But as
0: the to me, as the Israelites are pushing more and more people out of this land they're mm-hmm. going into, they're obviously coming up against more and more gods that they're fighting against. Yes. Which then maybe solidifies this into a Yahweh versus the rest yes. type thing. Yes, yes. And and maybe starts the the journey towards a single god. Yes. Um, mentality. Exactly.
1: So. Exactly. I just thought it was really interesting that like we always think of them as fighting over gods, and they really weren't. They were. They just were just fighting. fighting over where they wanted to live their and land. They
0: got pissed off when other gods got invoked against them. Yes. That's essentially where the, the yes. anger stems from.
1: And and it was all about control of land.
0: Right. Honestly, right.
1: That, yeah. That's what it came down to. Well, I mean,
0: it's it's basically stated in the bible they're trying to usurp this land for themselves yeah because that's where their god wants them to go exactly and oh there's other gods oh we're gonna be mad at them okay let's conquer them exactly oh but they hit hit us back Ah, we hate them
1: their god is stronger than us this day but not overall right yeah
0: and then you know once they you know they're like and this is the only god now because you know
1: and and again i'm gonna get there right right so the situation might be much the same as in our own feeling for the flags of foreign nations, which this I loved this analogy. Right. If we Asimov wrote this back in the fucking sixties, <laughs> like that was
0: like eons ago.
1: I mean, it, for kids today, it is eons Whoa, ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. He wrote this, and think about how much worse or like the feelings of protection over flags. Right, you know, yeah, has only gotten bigger and stronger and heftier. You I, know, it
0: depends on who you ask. Actually, I mean, yes, I would agree with you to an extent. But like my feeling about nationalism was stronger when I was younger, as right. versus now, it's not as much. Okay,
1: but the flag means something different now than it did when we were kids. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. If we are at peace with a foreign nation, international usage requires that. I'm sorry, this is Asimov saying, Yeah, requires that we treat its flag with decent respect even in our own land. Right. Like, we would never drag somebody else's flag through the mud. We'd never let it touch the ground. We would still fold it properly and have respect for it because it is representative of those people.
0: This is where Asimov fails because he's not in the year 2022 where people wear American flag bandanas.
1: Yeah, I, I do wonder what he would say with that. Right? Yeah. It would even be, he goes on to say, it would be even more a matter of elementary cursory courtesy to treat the flag of a foreign nation with respect while inside the borders of that nation, right. which that kind of, I thought, went without saying, but... Yeah.
0: No, I, I distinctly remember, I, this is just a, you know, i when I was in Scouts, we used to go up to Canada um, every year, and I would spend time with a family up there, and... Uh, I remember distinctly going to school with them because we would spend the week with the family and go to school and do the whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would have their morning um, salute to the flag type thing. And I definitely was told and, and had no problem getting up and, you know, being respectful. You know, right. like, duh. Like, I'm. That's these people just, are my host. I'm either. going to be respectful to their flag. And, of course. you know, we're going to do this morning little
1: thing that they do. Right. So. Well, when... Um my When I was a kid, my dad was in the Air Force, and he was stationed overseas in southern Italy. And um, every day at 4.30 p.m., the um, American National Anthem would play on bass. And everybody had, if you were walking, you had to come to a stop. Right. Turn to wherever the base flag was. Sure. Which was, you know, several miles away. You couldn't <laughs> see it, but you, like, know what direction it is because that's just the thing you do. Right. And if you're driving, you know, if you hear it or you see people pulled over, you got to pull over. Like, everything came to a fucking halt. Right. And they would play the American National Anthem followed by the Italian National Anthem because we were on their land. Right. Even though we... We were and we weren't. I mean, the base is considered American land, right. but, but being it, Italy hosting, allows
0: that to happen. Yes, so they are still your host.
1: And and you know, come to find out later as an adult that they weren't exactly happy we were there. So it's a good thing that we were playing their anthem. Well, I,
0: yeah, I mean, happy we're there. I, I that's a that's a
1: that's something different.
0: It, well, I mean, I think on a national level there probably are, but like the people locally probably don't want the base there. You know, right? It does things to well, that area. But, uh, but overall... I just
1: remember, like, as a kid, I couldn't understand, like, why they were kind of mean.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Like,
1: of course they were mean. We're, like, we live we're here now.
0: You're treating in their community. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, of course they were, like... But
0: overall, you offer protection against, sure. you know, let's say Russia or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, you're we're NATO, you know, like, yeah. that's... We're protecting our own. Of course. And so overall, as far as Italy's concerned, yes. it's a good thing, but when you... Like, let's say... An let's individual say
1: individual... Individual is different from the overall society. Right? No, I mean
0: if we had a base set up here from Italy, let's mm-hmm. just say, uh, and and it was a military base, and there was, it caused a bunch of people to come into town that always took up our streets and you know went to the bars and all that kind of stuff.
1: And we're as might, obnoxious as Americans in right, other countries. Right? Right?
0: It might be irritating to us too. You know, I mean that's right. It just it is what it is. You right?
1: Know? Right? No, I just um, we were stationed there right during. Um, The beginnings of Operation Shield, and then into Operation Storm, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and Desert Storm. Right. And so we had Italian forces on base called Alpines, and they actually met some
0: of them one time when I was yeah.
1: Like I, I had such mixed feelings because on the one hand they were like so cool looking, right, in their uniforms, and like it was just really cool seeing. You know, a foreign military... I mean, obviously, we were the foreigners, but... Right,
0: but to them, they were foreign.
1: Well, to us... Or to you, they were foreign. Yeah, to us, because we are walking around on our little corner of America in another country, they felt like foreigners. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Which is just, like, a strange concept now to try to, you know, untangle. Right. So, on the one hand, I was like, whoa, massively cool and impressive (laughs) and very nifty, you know? And then, on the other hand, like... Those guys had like zero patience for us kids, and they were so mean and yeah, like which makes sense now. Like I hold no like angst about that. Like I, right. I'm just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, just respecting each other's lands and respecting each other's flags. That's right. how we got off on that topic. Yep. Okay. So Asimov goes on to say, In later times, however, as a consciousness of the universality of Yahweh grew among the Israelites, and as a feeling deepened that there was only one God, Mm -hmm. not only for the Israelites, but for all the world, that there was one only God, (laughs) the (laughs) attitude of the Yahvists towards the gods of other tribes hardened. Right. The foreign gods were not only potential enemies, they were no gods at all. At most, they were demons who imposed their worship on the ignorant, unenlightened, or wicked.
0: And you can see that when they refer to them merely yeah. as idols and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. like, you can see that starting to happen in the exactly, Bible.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, I'm I'm really appreciating Asimov's... Where we're at
0: and what we're reading. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm appreciating Asimov's perspective and spelling this out. And I'm appreciating that we're further ahead so that we're seeing what... He's talking about come to pass.
0: Right. No, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I don't know how this fucking worked out. Right,
0: but it worked out really well. Yeah,
1: because this (laughs) has happened more than once where he has said something, like, from back then that's impacting what we're reading now. Right, yeah. So, cool, cool, cool. Next section is Heshbon on page 180, okay? And, um, he's referring to, uh, Numbers chapter 21, verse 24. Okay. And, um... Basically, what happens is Israel demanded passage through the land of the Amorites, ruled by Sihon, who had only recently defeated the Moabites. Okay. Okay? Yeah. When passage was refused, the Israelites attacked and defeated the Amorites. Right. So, remember how, like, Sihon was like, give me that, I want it? Yeah. With regard to Heshbon? Yep. And so, um, the Moabites were like, still are. But then um, Israel was like, "It's ours now." Right. And so, but the Moabites were like, I still want it. That that's that used to be ours." Right. And but they were in no position to ask for it back. Right. Because they got slapped down first by Sihon, and now they watched, you know, Sihon get defeated, get the, defeated yeah. and so they're like, "Womp womp. I guess we don't get that back." Right. So then, in Numbers chapter twenty one, verse twenty five states and israel dwelt in all the cities of the amorites in heshbon and uh to summarize that Asimov says heshbon was the chief city of the region it is still there as a town in jordan with the arabic name of Hesbon. interesting yeah um i started to go down a rabbit hole and then i had to pull myself back so there is a group of people a very small group of people who reside there called um druzes or druces okay asimov referred to them as druce okay. as the druce but then when i looked it up wikipedia calls it the druze so i'm wondering if it's one of those american versus british things sure. where the s versus the z sometimes happens yeah yeah um but anyway these guys um they're so fucking cool i'm gonna have to look into them at some point and do like this whole rabbit hole on them but they were basically like these, um, mercenaries who were for hire, right? All the time. I mean, that's what a mercenary is. So, So anyway, um, they were always getting hired out and people got sick of them because they, uh, this is before they were called the Druze. Okay. okay? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm telling you how they got there. Sure. So, these guys, um, everybody was sick of the mercenary people that they were, whatever group of people they were. because. Yeah, you would um, hire them and they would help you defeat your enemy, but then no matter what kind of deal you made with the people that you hired them from, yeah, these motherfuckers would come in and they would loot and pillage and rape and just, like, they'd oh, be like, wow. we love a good fight, yeah, hell yeah, we will fight for you, pay me, pay me, pay me, thank you, and now I'm gonna go finish the job even more than you wanted.
0: Right so
1: yeah everybody left right up and down was like fuck these motherfuckers oh my god
0: but we need help so right i guess
1: so so what they did like they all kind of like gathered together and like pushed them out got it so um eventually these guys ended up like in this little area of of heshbon okay yeah and um surrounding areas i think um I think Lebanon was one of the places that they named. Um, I, I, I'm terrible with the map. I just I think that was one of them. The, sure. the Jordan River, I think, was, like, all that well, area. Well, they were in Jordan,
0: so, yeah, that makes sense. Right, right,
1: right. So, anyway, okay, so these guys are living their best life there, okay? Okay. And they're just trying to be left alone. So then they've got people from the north coming down, going... Um, you're going to believe in this God. And then they've got, like, Christians from the South coming up going, no, you're going to believe in our God. (laughs) And they're like, we just like to pillage and rape. Right. We're not really about God, okay? Yeah. So what they did was they hired all of these different, like, a council of religious leaders. Okay. Okay? To come in and, like, say, okay, talk to us about all these religions. Right. And so now... They are more into, like, enlightenment and hmm. um, spiritualism. Really? Yeah. So, what they did was... Uh, this sounds cool, what they are now. Right. What they were at the time was, how can we get out of having to choose sides? Because these motherfuckers' religions are both, like, not what we want. And if right. we pick one over the other... It's going to offend and cause war, and this, we're
0: just... This may sound weird, but, like, it's a thing in, like, fantasy things where you would have druids, mm-hmm. and the name sounds similar. Is it, right. like, maybe based on these guys?
1: I, ha- I have no idea. Okay. I no, have I mean, no fucking idea. I, I was just,
0: that was just, like, a real stretch for me, but I like it, I just kept thinking about it because of the name, and, like, then when you said the spiritualness and, like, how they changed because they're like, fuck these gods. Yeah. I'm like, maybe they went back to nature, maybe these are the... I I don't know.
1: I don't know. And you know what? It is entirely possible because like I said, I had to pull myself out of what I was looking at. Sure, sure. It is entirely possible that I'm confusing two different, entirely different people and making them into one. Right. I got you. I'm putting that out there. But it was so fucking cool because now these guys, whatever they're called, they have like this book called like the epistles of wisdom or something like that. Wait, they have a book? Yeah.
0: Is it, like, available?
1: I tried to find it. <laughs> I told you I was in a rabbit hole. Um, I couldn't find it. Like, it's not available through the library. I couldn't find oh. it on Amazon. I did not do... Those are the only two places I looked. Okay, so okay. I will do a deeper dive. I'm telling now you. Now I'm
0: really curious. I know. I'm, I'm like, know. a book? What? Yeah. A book?
1: Yeah. There is a book on their their belief system, which, oh. again, is just so not... Um, they, they do believe in various prophets. Okay. Among which are, like, Jesus and Noah and Muhammad and... Really? Like, they basically took all of the religions and made a soup of them and took all (laughs) the best parts and were like, all your heroes... All of the guys that you think are all magical and all of your profits, they're all on equal footing with us. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I need to know more. And I was like <laughs> so excited. That I was like, okay, stop. Stop. <laughs> That's not what we're here to do today. Right, right. So, okay, that was my little rabbit hole for the day. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let right. me get back on track about Heshbon. Okay. okay? Yeah. So, um... Anyway, as Asimov said, it's still there today, the Arabic name of Hesbon. Got it.
0: Okay? Yep.
1: So, that's that section. Okay. And rabbit hole. Right, right. Okay. So, the next section is Bashan. Okay. the Og, Og variety. Yeah, Og. On page 180. Okay? And we remember this story. Og of
0: Bashan. Og of How Bashan. How can you forget Og of Bashan?
1: Uh, Og of Bashan, not Aga. I know. Ashkosh Pagash. Ashkosh Pagash. Aga Yeah. So in Heshbon, the Israelites had a base from which to launch the conquest of Canaan itself. Okay. And we're like, fuck yeah, we do. Right. Okay. That base, however, had to be broadened as widely as possible. Asimov didn't say why. He just said, it just did, It though. did. It just did. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So that's why they went after Bashan in Numbers chapter 21, verse 33. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them to the battle of Edrei. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, here's the thing. They mention in the Bible, um, I think we probably completely overlooked this because who gives a fuck. Yeah. Um, The quality of um, its cattle became proverbial in biblical times. Okay? Okay. So... Um, Asimov points out several different places where, like, they refer to, like, the fucking cattle of this place.
0: Gotcha. And
1: I didn't write it down because I didn't realize that, but okay. Yeah. Like, who cares? Right. Well, some of them I don't think we've come to yet. Okay. Like, it's just, like, those, like, weird passages where, like, they'll be talking about... And then... And then we marched here and we marched thither and yon, and it was as those cattle of Lorin and Edriai right, or whatever. Right, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I and you're it. like, fuck ever, okay. Right. Cattle of whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Who fuck cares? And
1: it, it would go like over our head. And right. when we get there, it will probably go over, over our over head. Because yeah. <laughs> who cares? It's cattle, right? Right. So, Bashan was famous for its fucking cattle and it was also famous for its oaks. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Edriai. The site of the battle between Og and the Israelites yeah. exists now as the town of Jara, right on the Jordanian border. Huh. Wait, maybe that's the land I was thinking of with the rabbit hole. Oh, okay. You know what? I bet that's it. I bet that's it. Got it. See? Sorry, I should have... I, on purpose, did not write this down because I was like, I'm not here to study that. <laughs> stop. Stop. But I, I couldn't help myself. Okay. So, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Nothing. Okay. Og of Bishan was reputed to be a giant remember? Right. And
0: he like we went down the rabbit hole with him mm-hmm. a while back cuz he uh he might have hitched a ride on the fucking ark.
1: Yeah. Asimov gets into that actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um he just reiterates what we already knew. Huh. <laughs> huh. 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 Yeah. Um. Anyway, he might have been a giant based on the measurements of his bed, he which might would have be giant. been right. <laughs> which by, which were measured to be thirteen feet long and six feet wide.
0: Maybe dude okay. just likes a big bed. I'm just saying. I
1: like big beds, and I cannot lie. <laughs> so this is what Asimov says: a large bed, to be sure, though it need not be taken that Og's body had to fill it top to bottom and side exactly, to side. Exactly. Exactly. So, not only that, but there's, like, places where graves have these, um, what do you call them, like, these concrete bedding, like, things that are laid over the graves. Okay. And he's like, for all we know, when they said, quote-unquote, bed, it quote meant, grave. like, the final resting place right. and that his grave was huge. Right, right. So, we don't know what they meant specifically by bed. Right. It might have been, you know. Well,
0: and I remember they did display his bed for a while, which yeah. could be construed as a casket, maybe, or a grave, right. or whatever. yeah. Like, that could... Yeah, that would make actually more sense, maybe. Yeah. Like, why would you display a fucking bed? Yeah. That's weird.
1: It is weird. <laughs> so, I don't know. Whatever. I'm still not impressed. Right, yeah. It's just fun, but not, like... Sure. Not whatever. Right. So, um, as goes on to say, later rabbinical writers expanded on Og's size and made him the last of the Nephilim who lived before the flood. To survive the flood, however, Og would have had to be in Noah's Ark, which, into which he could not fit. The legend makers have it then that he sat astride the ark and was fed by Noah till the waters fell. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, Greek myths had an ancient king, Ogiges who reigned during a great deluge. Hmm. So okay. we kind of talked about that a little bit, that they yeah. had, you know, a flood god guy right. back then too. Right. The manner of Og's legendary death is also dramatic. He raised a huge mountain to hurl at the Israelites and tripped and fell in the attempt. <laughs> More Thereupon, Moses himself leaped at him and killed him. Oh, my God. It is very likely that this last picture of Og is borrowed from the semi-comic Greek myth of the revolt of the giants against Zeus and the Olympians. Mm. Those giants hurled mountains but were slain anyway. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another, all he has to Another stolen god story. Yeah, all of them are. I know. So... That's that section. Next, we have Balaam on page
0: 183. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, the fact that the Israelites conquered Heshbon and Bashan had Moab all scared. Moab was like shaking in his boots and they were like, oh, fuck. Even though they hadn't been specifically targeted, they couldn't exactly be like, hey, can we have our Heshbon that you just took from Sihon? Right. Can we have that back? Yeah. So, balak the king of moab decided oh wait no balak sorry right the king of moab decided on a supernatural attack since he knew that like a physical attack wasn't going to work yeah so that's why he went to balaam right who was a well-known sorcerer a magician of his time one who was believed to know the rights whereby supernatural help or harm could be called down and who had demonstrated his knowledge and skill, at least to the satisfaction of common report.
0: I just thought it was odd at the time, like he was somebody who was "quote unquote" talking to God. And mm-hmm. up until that point in the Bible, mm-hmm. we're like, it's all Moses, you know, like yeah. Moses is the only one talking to God.
1: Well, I and then have, all of a
0: sudden, there's this guy just over there,
1: yeah, who's,
0: who's talking to God.
1: Well, there, Asma had some shit to say about it, okay, which all right. I found very interesting. So Balaam's power was accepted even by the Israelites, and nowhere in the Bible is his power to bless and curse derided. Wow! Yeah, he was he had this power appeared at the end. He was strong at the end. Okay, it is rather treated as a fortunate miracle that God chose to make Balaam's curses come to nothing, which you recall is true, right? But I
0: I thought he didn't actually curse the Israelites in the end. Like he like God told him not to curse them.
1: That, I thought that's, that's kind of what happened, but that's what he's saying. Okay. It's like, woof! Thank goodness God intervened. But then,
0: like, this may not be covered in here. We might not be there yet. But like, I still remember, like, after this was all over, Balaam got killed by the Israelites. So I'm like, what?
1: Well, that's going to be in a different section. Right. No, that's I know. I'm not covering today, but. Asimov did say, and I'm almost done here, so just hang on, okay? (laughs) Balaam served for hire. He was basically a mercenary, but, like, for God.
0: But God's okay with this?
1: I can't tell you that.
0: God has mercenaries. The fuck?
1: I cannot tell you that. Okay. I wasn't there, I don't know, and the Bible doesn't say. God, yeah, okay. The Bible doesn't say. Ah. Balaam served for hire and bestowed his blessings and curses not necessarily as inspired to do so by God, but in response to the fees he was offered by those who wished to employ him. For this reason, the expression Balaamite is used to describe someone who uses religion prim- primarily as a money making device. Oh.
0: So, now we, now I have to start using that. Yes. I was like, awesome.
1: that is fucking fantastic because that's like a deep cut. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you like, fucking Not Balaamite.
0: only do you, you cut them, but you're like, you, you cut them with their own shit. Yeah. And like, if they don't get it, then that's even funnier. Yeah. Because like, whatever, dude.
1: You're a Balaamite. <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> Balamite says what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that finishes my um, covering of um, Asimov. That
0: one finished strong. Yeah. yeah I like yeah, that yeah. one. That was good. We should just like end it right here, don't you think?
1: Like, uh, well, I mean, I would like to. Oh, yeah. Go we got to cover it, Yeah. To say what I'm doing. Right. We next gotta, I'm week. sorry.
0: I wanted to end it so bad I right know, there. No, I'm no. So we got to cover it. All right. I'm
1: so sorry. No, it's all right. Um, next time we'll be finishing up the Book of Numbers. Um, on pages 184 through 192 okay and those topics will be baal pixa unicorn the daughters of moab and gilead all right and i was right um after that that will finish the book of numbers and then after that the following week we will do the book of deuteronomy which is like 14 pages got it so got it that's that all right fucking balamite down with the balamites